You know, being a witch isn't as easy as it looks. Between making sure my potions are prepped, the cat is fed, and my broom is ready to fly, eh, it's a lot. But get this, I don't need my magic to keep up with it all because I have same-day delivery with Shipt. With Shipt, I can skip the store and get everything I need for the week, plus party supplies, decorations, and even charming costumes. Make magic happen at shipt.com/magic. That's s h i p t.com/magic. I'm not some cauldron cooking, toad training witch. I've got better things to do. That's why I use Shipt to save precious time. To cast your own time-saving spell, visit shipt.com/magic. That's s h i p t.com/magic. You're listening to the Huddle Up podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we are live, but we got to make sure the stream is nice and steady. We got to let it breathe just for a few seconds. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman, kicked again through the Denver Broncos on Thursday with Cortland Sutton going down. However, before everyone freaks out, because not everyone's you know on Twitter, as we've learned on this show, even though we spend as much time as we do on Twitter, which isn't healthy, not everyone spends as much time or is even on Twitter. The good news is, AC joint sprain, so it's not season ending. Everybody pump the brakes, take exhale a little bit. But Zach, day to day, questionable for Monday night. Your gut reaction? I I was worried that it would be a collarbone or clavicle that would have ended his season. This is entirely the best case scenario for Sutton, though. Like we were talking about, Chad, you wonder why he was going up against air and then making an outstretched catch against the air. No one's covering him. And you think Broncos players after the Von Miller injury would be a little more cautious not to go out of their way to do something they don't have to do. I'm thankful that Sutton is day-to-day questionable for Monday night's game, that it's on a long-term injury. My thing now is, Chad, I don't want that to get re-aggravated. It's already a painful injury. He's going to have to make some adjustments in terms of catching, maybe switching hands, maybe using his body more. He's not going to be 100% for quite a while. I wouldn't play him Monday night and risk further injury. I'd let him heal close to 100% or giving him an extra week to get healthy because they're going to need him. They're going to be in shootouts this year, Chad, starting in week two against Pittsburgh, potentially. They need Sutton for that game. They might not need Sutton in week one. I'm... I'm, I'm I was I went oh you know oh expletive when I when I yeah. read the news like I'm, I wouldn't say oh crap I said a bad word but I'm thankful that after further testing it wasn't worse because it looked pretty bad or at least it sounded pretty bad. So I'm not sure I can go quite with you all the way on just rest him just keep him out from from week one and you know short term plan for hope term uh, long term game hope for long term game that is <laughs> I, I think I mean what do we got Friday Saturday Sunday. So three days, and then we'll just say three and a half, count half of sun, uh, Monday by the time he's got to be ready. And, I mean, if you can if you can shoot him with a cortisone shot, pop a couple of ibuprofen, whatever it is, and go, I want to bring one thing to your attention real quick here, in fact, Zach, is a tweet uh, from Brandon Stokely of 104.3 The Fan, one of the co-hosts, of course, of the Stokely and Zach Show, former NFL wide receiver. Zach, here's what he said about playing 
with an AC joint sprain. Of course, we don't know what the uh, grade is on the sprain, but what we can say is because he's listed as day-to-day, it can't be one of the more, ex- um, uh, what do you call it, acute grades. So here's what, here's what uh, Stokely said real quick. Quote, on the Sutton injury, I'm trying to speak from my perspective, but every AC sprain is different. Oh, nope, that's the second one. Hold on one second. Let me, let me pull up the other one. Bear with me one second, gang. I thought I had the right one. He said, where did, where's the original tweet? Okay, here's what he said. Um, I'll do another share screen for you real quick here. We're all following along. All right, Brandon Stokely said, I've dealt with AC sprains. It's a pain tolerance issue more than anything. I expect him to get a cortisone shot and be ready to play on Monday night. Unless he, there's some kind of a setback or unless some further development occurs that we can't quite foresee, I do expect him to play. But, Zach, as you were talking about before we went live, man, anyone that's had a shoulder, any kind of shoulder injury, whether it's the joint or the ligaments around, whatever, if you have to raise above, if you have to go above your level line of your shoulders, man, it is excruciating. And what is Cortland Sutton's best attribute? His catch radius. And if that's impacted, Chad, how could you throw him out there and expect him to be 100%? I would maybe inject him with the cortisone if he wants to play, if he can handle the pain. Get him out there on Monday night and use him as a decoy maybe. Draw some coverage away from Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. And you know what? Three words for this game, Chad. Ground and pound. This is why you brought in Melvin Gordon. You have a $16 million running back. This is why you kept Phillip Lindsay. Uh, you have four five tight ends on the roster. You can set this up to take the pressure off the offense just in the first week. And then when they find their footing, literally and figuratively, let's say they beat the Titans in a defensive-oriented game, then you bring Sutton back. Then you have him closer to full strength for Pittsburgh because that is an offensive shootout waiting to happen, Chet. I'm bullish on the Steelers this season. I am not so much on the Titans' chances. I, I think they're a very beatable opponent. It's a winnable game without Cortland Sutton. I would not risk further damage for what still could be an all-pro season for the wide receiver one. The thing is, football players, they are very much warriors, right? They fight through pain. I mean, football in and of itself is really fun to play. Anyone that's played tackle football, it's fun. It's a lot of work. But it can also be very painful at times. And it's not just you taking the hit, but, you know, sometimes you lay in the hit. And just the small things that it all adds up, it can be a very painful game. So when it comes to being a warrior on the field, it really has to do with your pain tolerance. And this is something that anyone who's talked to former players, you know, they talk a lot about this. How much pain can you handle? And then here's the second part of that and still be effective. It's one thing to say, you know what, I'm going to fight through it, Zach. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to go just, you know, do the best I can or whatever. But if it compromises your effectiveness, if it compromises your ability to help your team, for example, you go like this to catch a, like a quick slant or something and you feel that twinge and, you, and it just a slight delay, but the pain shoots to your, your brain, the receptors in your brain. You're like, ah, that's just that split second could cause you to lose focus and you drop the pass. So that's what I mean by, you can be tough. You can get out there. You can grin and bear it. You can fight through the pain. But if it's bad enough to affect your, you know, to to influence your effectiveness, that's where what Zach's saying would come into play. Where you're like, you know, let's uh, live to fight another day. You got Jerry Judy. You got Tim Patrick. KJ Hamler practiced in full today, so that's another silver lining development. I still think he's gonna play Cortland Sutton. It's just a matter of 
instead of being the target hog that we all expected him to be in the season opener, what version of Cortland Sutton are you going to get? This is why, though, they drafted two receivers, Chad, is it not? I mean, to stock the cupboard and just if anything would happen to one guy, they have another guy waiting. This is why they built up that position. And to your point, not only, you know, not the best version of himself, but not the best thing for the football team. If he's going to hurt the offense by being out there less than 100%, I don't want him out there. If... Tim Patrick at 100% is more effective than Cortland Sutton at 70%, 60%. I'm rocking with Tim Patrick in this game. Would I say it if it was the Bucks game or the Saints game or the Steelers game week one? No. But the Titans, if you run the ball, control the clock, and play good defense, you can beat this opponent. Considering the Broncos' record in week one, considering the altitude and all the, 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 the lag and the, the rusty play you're going to get from both sides, the Broncos can eke out a win here without Cortland Sutton. I wouldn't mind if he played... I just don't want further injury. I don't want a labrum to be torn or the AC joint to get worse. I just want him to be good for 15 other games at least this season. Mark Langley jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. So consistent. He says, you've got to be kidding me. For Sutton, number 14, and then, you know, cheers, mugs. Hashtag, what's up, my guys? What's up to you as well, Mark? We have a lot to get to tonight. We'll continue to kind of sift through the implications of Cortland Sutton, find out what's on y'all's mind. There's also a lot to talk about today in terms of the Broncos overtures out there on the free agent market, kind of a crap show with what happened with Clay Matthews, their overtures with Clay and the bad PR that kind of spun out of that. Plus they did, they do plan to sign a player to the practice squad. And again, this year practice squad players, two of them can be activated from the practice squad temporarily on game day to the 53. So we're going to get to that here in just a second, gang. First, though, we got to draw your attention to the sponsor of tonight's show. It is sportsbetting.com. Gang, hopefully you were able to get in your uh, your picks for the million-dollar pick'em contest at sportsbetting.com. If you were unable to do that, better luck next week. Meantime, go to sportsbetting.com for all of your sports betting needs. We appreciate sportsbetting.com for sponsoring the Huddle Up podcast. All right, Zach, a couple more things, then we'll dive right back into the topics for tonight. Just a quick reminder, follow the podcast on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. Follow the brand on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle. You check those two boxes on Twitter, get them both followed, and you will not miss anything as it relates to the pod or breaking Broncos news and analysis. Gentle reminder, be sure to head on over to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. It's another way to support what we do here at MHH. Get yourself one of these hats. Get yourself one of the Let Them Hate shirts. Zach, show it to them. You, it's the number one seller since it went up on huddleuppod.com. The merch store, we really appreciate the way the community has patronized the merch store. It's just yes. been unbelievable to us. We love seeing it, and it just means everything to us. But if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store, it's all good. Each one of you can do these three things. Subscribe, like, and we say this, but we really mean it. If you really love what we're doing here for you on the Huddle Up podcast, bringing you this content on the daily here at Mile High Huddle, share this video out there, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Twitter, or if you're listening as a podcast on demand after the fact, share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. And then last thing here, shout out to the Facebook supporters. You can see their names flashing across the ticker for those of you that are with us live. Much love to you guys. If you are a member of our Facebook community that is also growing exponentially, 
You can also become a supporter on Facebook by just clicking the blue tab. Just go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle. You'll see the blue become a supporter button. Boom, you're in. Much love to our Facebook supporters. Thank you, guys. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. You know, being a witch isn't as easy as it looks. Between making sure my potions are prepped, the cat is fed, and my broom is ready to fly, eh, it's a lot. But get this, I don't need my magic to keep up with it all because I have same-day delivery with Shipped. With Shipped, I can skip the store and get everything I need for the week, plus party supplies, decorations, and even charming costumes. Make magic happen at Shipped.com slash magic. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash magic. I'm not some cauldron-cooking, toad-training witch. I've got better things to do. That's why I use Shipt to save precious time. To cast your own time-saving spell, visit Shipt.com slash magic. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash magic. Zach, it is that time of the week, our favorite episode, where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests, our Zach and I, and each and every week. We're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So whatever you've got cooking, whatever's on your mind, get them queued up, and uh, we'll get to them here tonight. Zach, we got a, a super sticker. I don't know what the difference is between a super sticker and a super chat, but Stu Meat, appreciate the support, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate you. It means a lot to us. All right, let me see. John, you keep your eye out in the stream for any questions, any topics the gang wants to go over here tonight, and then, of course, any of our superstars jumping in on super chat. All right, Zach, real quick. Um, Got to get the ticker back going here. One second. Um, so let's back up to earlier in the day. Of course, we're, we're here on Thursday night and the chiefs and the Texans are just about to kick off. So, you know, what's more important to you, the, the daily events of what happened with your team, the Denver Broncos, or what <laughs> something you didn't even think was going to be possible, possible, you know, in 2020 right. with the NFL season. Hopefully you guys have a, the game up on your TV and you have us on your phones in your ear. We're sure of it, in fact. Appreciate you guys. But it's going to be fun. As soon as we get off this stream, Zach and I are going to be seeing how it's going on Thursday night football between the Chiefs and the Texans. But it finally is here, Zach. Week one starts basically right now. It's surreal. And there's going to be Chiefs at Arrowhead, uh, Chiefs fans, excuse me, at Arrowhead Stadium today and uh, tonight. It's it's exciting. It's it's so, in a sense, surreal because, like you said, in March and April, we thought this was like years away from happening. We thought there was no chance and all these things had to happen. And literally, I think the game already kicked off, in fact, or it's about to kick off. And NFL football is here. The Broncos play Monday night. And hopefully, though, we don't get off this podcast chat. We turn on the TV and the Chiefs are up like, you know, 35 nothing. Hopefully a competitive game tonight from Deshaun Watson and company. Yes, indeed. And you know what? People have I've seen very quickly have written off the Texans, but the truth is the Texans beat the Chiefs with Mahomes in under center last year and and they got up what was that lead they blew? Zach, was it 21 <laughs> or 24 nothing in the playoffs? I think it was 24. Yeah, I it think was, you're right. But uh, so, you know, they, this is a team that if they can figure out what went wrong in that playoff game and, and bounce back, they can beat the Chiefs in their own house. Zach, let's dial it back, though, to earlier on Thursday. We knew the Denver Broncos with the news of Von Miller being done for the season in all likelihood, although there's still that slim glimmer of a chance he might maybe be able to come back three months from now if the Broncos are still relevant in the season, which we expect him to be, but – well, for now, you just got to plan as if he's not going to be here at all in 2020. Right. We knew the Broncos were going to be looking for some help 
at edge rusher. They need some proven depth because you go to Bradley Chubb, you know, still kind of compromised, still not quite back to 100%, although Vic Fangio provided an encouraging update on that front today for what it's worth. He said Chubb woke up just feeling better today, feeling different. They worked him a lot more than they had in previous days, and he did, handled it okay, and they expect to give him a little bit more in tomorrow's practice and so on and so forth. So um, that's a, that's good. But beyond Bradley Chubb, who's not quite back to 100%, Zach, you got Malik Reed, and then you've got Jerry Attachew, and then on the practice squad, the rookie seventh-round pick who's just still marinating. He's not quite ready for NFL primetime, Derek Tuska. So we knew the Broncos were going to have to go off roster. We talked about some options on last night's show. And probably the number one in the in the heart of Broncos country was Clay Matthews. And it seems to be, Zach, it was the number one in the heart of John Elway as well because yeah. the Broncos quickly got in touch with the Matthews camp and talked some contract, talked some prices, some costs, and it didn't shake out. They could not come to an agreement. One thing that I thought was really interesting, though, and I'll see if I can find the statement that the uh, agent provided. I don't know. I don't know. I'll see if I can find that. But basically, they couldn't come to an accord, and it got a little bit messy because Adam Schefter reported, quote, Denver expressed interest in signing former Rams and Packers linebacker Clay Matthews, but was told he is, quote, not going to play, close quote, per source. Matthews would have been a strong replacement for the injured Von Miller. And then Clay Matthews, quote, tweets Schefter saying, I never said this, Adam Schefter. We recently had communication with the Broncos, but when were unable to come to an agreement. And then his agent, Matthew's agent, absolutely went after Schefter, lambasting him on Twitter. What was your reaction to that whole tweet storm? First of all, I trust Schefter because he cut his teeth in the Denver market. So he has sources in Dove Valley, and they're legitimate sources. I would not doubt this is the case. Um, it's This is how things are, though, when it's a high-profile player and his name is kind of dragged and he wants to clap back against what he perceives to be fake news. Let me tell you something, though, Chad, about the Broncos not signing Clay Matthews. This is a blessing in disguise. The man is washed. He's 30, what, four now? I mean, he's he's older. And do you really want a player who you are not sure whether he's retired or not? Do you want that guy starting opposite Bradley Chubb filling in for Von Miller? I certainly don't. I, I wouldn't mind a guy like Terrell Suggs. Just someone more capable. Clay Matthews never really was that great. I think he got a lot more... Um, a claim because he starred in Green Bay. I mean, he wasn't this Hall of Fame level pass rusher. Terrell Suggs, though, is, I think is a borderline Hall of Fame kind of guy. So that would have been my choice. I just don't like Clay Matthews, and I'm actually glad this deal fell through. Terry Randall, one of our superstars, jumping in with a question here in the mailbag. Who was the dude who got cut by the Bears that Fangio was talking about today? Well, that would be – let's uh, let's go there, show you guys the story real quick here. So we'll X out – of uh, the, the Sutton story and go to Isaiah. Oh, I, almost, I just had a brain fart. What's his last name? I almost said Wilson, but that was the tackle from Georgia. Isaiah Irving. Booker? Isaiah Irving. Uh, Irving so that's right. he is in Denver. He's got to go through the COVID, you know, basically a three-stage, because this thing's been evolving. It started out as a two-stage and then separated by a couple of days and all this. Now Elway talked about it uh, last week. It's a three-stage, and it's going to continue to evolve based on the science and what the NFL believes is the most effective way to do this. But he is in town, and Benjamin Albright of KOA reported it, broke the news actually earlier on Thursday that he is expected to be signed to the Broncos practice squad. So he's a depth guy. 
that again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, Zach, he's someone that the Broncos can call up on a game day. Like if Chubb ends up having a setback, waking up Monday morning and he's just, the Broncos go, you know what? He's not ready to play period. And all you've got is Malik Reed and all you've got is Jerry Attachio on the edge. You know, you can call him up and he's got two years of experience from the practice squad. He's got two years experience in Fangio's scheme playing with Fangio in Chicago in 2017 and 2018. But Zach, Fans should not get their hopes up. He knows the scheme, but we're talking about a guy who, you know, one career sack, uh, 27 tackles. I think 23 of them are uh, solo tackles. The dude is, you know, he's a he's a base level kind of average jag edge rush, you know, rush linebacker guy. It shows you, though, how little the Broncos like Justin Hollins, though. They could have put him on the practice squad. And they just they swapped out one developmental linebacker for another. I, I don't think this is the answer. Like you said, uh, he's a depth piece. He's a developmental guy, and he's a, you know, break the glass in case of emergency kind of guy to have. And he knows Fangio, and we, we like that and all, but they need Chubb to be healthy. They need Reed to step up, and he had a great camp. Attachu looked good last year. I would rather rely on the guys who were in the building last year and the guys they had on the roster instead of pinning your hopes on Isaiah Irving, who admittedly I don't know much about. He's he's kind of a nobody to me. And uh, if Fangio likes him, though, we got to roll with his his line of thinking. It's a fail safe. He's he's not someone, at least at this point, that can credibly step in and help make up for the loss of Von Miller. You're not going to be able to just apples for apples replace Von Miller, especially on the doorstep of the season opener, if you're the Denver Broncos, the best that you can find are older vets like Clay Matthews, like Terrell Suggs, uh, Ezekiel Ansa. You know, you can play some calls to some of the guys who we mentioned last night that, you know, they're, they're available, but they also have either in the last, you know, couple of weeks to a couple months have said they've retired like uh, Aaron Lynch, who we talked about yesterday, who only retired Zach three weeks ago. So this guy would still have, I would imagine his football body still mostly, you know, he's like you see a lot of times with these NFL guys, especially linemen, not so much the edge guys or linebackers, but linemen oftentimes, man, if they're not, because the, to keep on the weight and the muscle mass and the body mass that these O linemen, I mean, it, eating is a full time job. So yeah. when they retire or hang it up, it is a relief. They can't wait to stop eating as many calories as they have to to keep that body. So it really doesn't take long for that body mass to fall off him but in the case of a guy like Aaron Lynch Zach I would imagine he's still pretty much you know pretty well in shape in terms of it would only take him maybe a week or so to get back into the swing of things but I want to read this uh, statement real quick that came from the Clay Matthews camp Uh, it said today quote we recently had communication with the Broncos as we have with other teams during this offseason we were under the impression that that communication would remain private But since it did not, let me be clear. We were unable to come to an agreement with Denver, but Clay remains open to playing in the NFL in 2020, provided it's the right opportunity for him and his family. Close quote. So the agent slapped that together, and uh, they did not appreciate John Elway leaking to Adam Schefter that Clay Matthews, yeah, close, but no cigar. He's he's not sure if he's even going to play this year. That's the business. I mean, his agent should be worried about getting his client a job, not worried about Elway turning him down or leaking it to the media. That's how it happens. His agent should know that. And Matthews has been around long enough to know that. So it's sour grapes. He couldn't he couldn't strike a deal. I'm sure it was money related. I'm sure what it boiled down to was Elway wasn't going to give Matthews what he wanted. So they have to frame it in a way that makes Matthews the victim. It's, It's classic agent speak, Chad. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Although here at Mile High Huddle, we know that Broncos country is not a geographic location, but rather a state of being. For those located in the state of Colorado, there's $1 million up for grabs in the SportsBetting.com Pro Football Pick'em Contest. What's amazing about SportsBetting.com's Pick'em is that it's absolutely free to play. I can vouch for this because just a few minutes ago, I hopped on SportsBetting.com and entered the contest, made my picks, and it was not only easy, it was fun. All you have to do is make 16 picks against the spread and 16 over-under picks in the NFL's Week 1 slate of games. If you get all your picks correct, you'll walk away with $1 million. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, and here's the kicker. SportsBetting.com is guaranteeing $10,000 prize pool to the top five finishers with the first runner-up getting five grand. Not a bad consolation prize. It's free, easy, fun, and you could walk away with big bucks if you get all your picks correct. Enter the $1 million contest at sportsbetting.com slash pick'em dash football. That's sportsbetting.com slash pick'em dash football. As a witch, you'd think I'd need magic to throw a scary good Halloween party. Wrong! Shipped can deliver everything same day, and I don't even have to dust off my broom. Try it at shipped.com slash magic. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash magic. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, here's Patriot Text jumping in to say, what the H-E double hockey sticks? I thought the new CBA practice rules were to prevent this from happening. Vic is an old school coach, and like an old school coach, we're coming out of camp beaten and broken. WTF, Zach, as you said before we went live, this isn't one that you can really pin on anybody. <laughs> He's running a route against yeah. air. I mean, wide receivers run routes in individual period. The quarterback hangs back. They just run a route. He puts it up there for him. They catch it. It was against air, and for whatever reason, it was maybe not a perfect ball, or it was, in a lot of cases, these receivers, anyone who's watched practice before, they often try to make the catch harder than it is just to test themselves because they get bored. I would imagine that's probably what it was. He's like, oh, I'm going to go one-handed. Somehow he lost his footing a little bit, ends up falling down on his hand and tweaks that shoulder. Zach, that was just, I mean, it was the air monster. With Eric Decker, we used to joke about the turf monster. <laughs> turf monster. Yeah. In this case, he was going against air. So Patriot Techs, as much as you want to, when when you're racked with disappointment like this, you want to blame someone, you want someone to point the ire at, you can't really blame Fangio for this one or the strength and conditioning coach, Warren Landau. <laughs> much as I want to, yeah, this is a freak injury, and it happens in the NFL. I mean, even, even Von Miller's injury, if it is and how it happened, like it was reported, it was a freak thing where he just stepped the wrong way and his, his tendon got uh, ruptured or whatever, got dislocated, whatever his official prognosis was. It's just, it happens. And you would have think, like I said, maybe if you want to point some criticism, Broncos players should have had more foresight after Von's injury to not do strenuous things or go above and beyond. Just practice as normal and get your butt in the rehab center and, and stay healthy until week one. It's a freak thing. It's part of the game. It sucks. But Chad, you know, the silver lining here is it could have been a lot worse, a lot worse. True. Yeah, th- I mean, there really were. I think everybody just kind of was 
holding their breath, walking on eggshells, just hoping that the next tweet that came down or the next piece of buzz that came out on this with Sutton was day to day. And that's what you got. So count your lucky starts. He might be slightly compromised week one, maybe even week two. This is something that could bother him for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Hopefully, though, like we talked about on last night's show, you know, these NFL teams, these players, they have access to state of the art in terms of healing. And even going back to the time, I don't know if anyone's read Nate Jackson, ex-Denver Broncos tight end Nate Jackson's book, Slow Getting Up. But any fan of the NFL really should have read that book. It's not just a Bronco book, but it's a lot. I mean, almost all of his career took place with the Broncos, so it's very much Bronco-oriented. But even back in his day, which was the late Shanahan era in Denver, so I want to say like oh four-ish, oh five through only a couple of years really was he a factor in, in Denver. Just the different things they were that were available to them then, 15 years ago or so, in terms of like platelet rich, like swapping out platelets. And I mean, there's so many different things. I, I don't want to, I'm not a doctor and I'm just going to sound ignorant, but there are so many different state-of-the-art um, treatments to the that are accessible for these players that they can heal a lot faster than if Zach and I sprained our AC joint, you know, and I'm 23 years old, even in 23 year old Chad body, you know, (laughs) he could probably rebound a lot quicker than me because he's got access to that treatment. Now, Jordan jumping in on uh, Twitter to say, how's Noah Fant been doing in camp? If he's doing well, I'd advocate to sit Sutton this upcoming week, Zach with it's hard. It's a little bit harder to get a beat on how, tight ends do in training camp unless they're dropping passes because right. oftentimes, you know, they're in practice, they're running the, you know, they're running seam routes over the middle. They're running, you know, drag routes. They're working over the middle of the field. And frankly, even though there's a lot of completions there during those practices, they're of, they're so um, nondescript that you just don't even think about it. Just like, Oh, Fant caught the ball. Yay. There's not like these big, you know, Cortland Sutton going up for a 50-50 ball and skying over, you know, uh, a guy like like Bryce Callahan and, you know, mossing him, posterizing him, and it makes it into the beat reporter notebook. That's not really how it works with the tight ends. So what I – my answer for this, Zach, is that without there being much buzz about Fant, take that to mean that he was looking like he should. He looked like a competent NFL starter. So I'm still excited for him for 2020. I think you hit the nail on the head, and it's a lot like offensive linemen. If you don't hear their name, it means you're doing a good job. If you hear their name, it means they messed up in some way. So, Fan, you know, he's not going to be the big dog in this passing attack. He's going to be probably the fourth option or so. But he looks like he he should. I mean, he's developing on schedule. He came on strong at the end of last season, and he has tremendous upside. I think Chad and I both agree he's going to be a red zone weapon for Lock and Company this season. But he had a, just a fairly average training camp. No, no, really uh, glaring mistakes, Chad. Leroy, great listener of the show, longtime listener and member of our Facebook community, says, why did Clay Matthews turn down the Broncos? Zach, as I said on Twitter earlier today, when it comes to two sides in the NFL failing to come to an agreement, 99 times out of 100, it's about the money. So honestly, people go, well, maybe he was holding out for a contender. You know, it's like if you're Clay Matthews, sure, in a perfect world, you know, you want to find that perfect balance of money and contender, but he's already got a ring. He's been to the top of the mountain really early in his career. He was drafted in 2009, won a Super Bowl the next year with Aaron Rodgers. So he's got his ring. For him right now, holding on, what is this, his 13th year, I, I think, in the NFL, it's all about making as much cheddar on the back nine of his career as he possibly can. So, Zach, 
knowing what we know about Elway, who is not only a very tough negotiator, but he sets his price and he doesn't budge. We have criticized him at times jokingly, but still criticism of being kind of miserly when it comes to the negotiating table. Whatever the case might be, Rich Hurtado has not been the guy that has lubed the deals, the new cap czar. He's not been the guy that has been able to be a difference in terms of getting guys here, team-friendly deals. You know, oh, Elway looks like a genius because he got DeMarcus Ware here for three years, $10 million a year. Like, that was a good deal for DeMarcus Ware at the time. That was a credit to Mike Sullivan. Zach, we haven't seen those type of successes yet for Rich Hurtado and the and John Elway. We've seen the opposite. And the Todd Davis release, Chad, was was primarily money-driven. So they, they, they're they sitting on money right now. And you can call John Elway maybe cheap or frugal, say he's pinching pennies. But I guarantee you, and this is just an educated guess on my part, that Clay Matthews wanted more than Elway was willing to offer. And it's funny because Matthews is still getting offset money from the Rams. They're still paying him. I think it's $2 million. So yep. Maybe Elway's trying to shortchange him, offer him some, you know, veterans minimum incentive laden type deal, and Matthews just wasn't going for it. But that agent and the way that Matthews refuted what Schefter reported screamed uh, a money botch in negotiations on one side or the other. Kenneth Booker says, "Didn't Trevor Simeon have the same injury? It's supposed to be pretty painful. At least Trevor's was. Well, he's a quarterback." Um, he did have he did have an AC joint sprain that that year. He was the main starter, 2016. I want to say that that game against the Bucks, where he just got slammed to the ground, and that was the game that Paxton Lynch came in and looked like a shining star, only to just fall completely on his face the next week. But yeah, a little bit different, a little bit different. We've got uh, D Dub jumping in. He says, "Just realized YouTube takes 30 percent of super chats. I'm not down with it." LOL. Actually, that's <laughs> not true. That's that's actually not true, Dale. Um, it's a formula they don't make clear 100% to the uh, creators, but we heard that too initially. It's not true. Uh, it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Some days it's different than others, but we've never seen it be anywhere close to that, so for what it's worth. Um, Do- uh, Duke Boynton, jumping in, was able to talk with Duke today, and we had a great chat. Appreciate the support, my friend, Thank as you, always. Duke. He said, heard a rumor that Aqib Talib is available. Bring him in. If anything, Denver will get a couple of gold chains out of the deal. Yeah, for those of you who missed it, Aqib Talib, who has kind of been languishing on the free agent market, officially hung up his cleats and retired yesterday, Zach. But you know what I love about Talib? You know who he, who he turned down on his way out of the NFL? The Patriots. They wanted him to come back, and he told them, thanks, but no thanks. I'd rather retire than play for you. So he still has a little Broncos loyalty, I think, Aqib. All right, let's see here. What else we've got here? Bear with me one second. The stream tonight, for some reason, John's saying it's on YouTube side. It's a little bit janky. And look, here we have Duke saying, am I the only one having loading issues on YouTube? Yeah, it's being a little bit janky tonight. So we'll roll with the punches. You know, it's a live show. We'll do uh, what we do. We got we to gotta roll with it. But, Zach, if do you think the ship has sailed with, with – it seems to me with so much – it was it – was, taken into the court of public opinion today and in such a kind of bitter way, I don't see the Broncos or Clay Matthews ever kind of coming back to the table and trying to reforge something, re-spark something. It seems to me if you're John Elway, especially with how forceful Matthews' agent was today on social media, like that would be very much of a turnoff if I'm John Elway because leaking that, yeah, we talked to Clay Matthews today to the number – I mean, by the way, it shouldn't surprise anybody who is an agent in this business that John Elway talks to Adam Schefter. Schefter got his start in media 
in right. Denver long before he, he ended up as a national insider at ESPN breaking news all over the place. He has a longtime relationship with John Elway. So it should not be a surprise that if you're an agent, you're negotiating on behalf of your, of your uh, client, that there's a chance that this certain tidbits of this could slip to Adam Schefter. The one thing you do not do with John Elway is insult his ego or his pride or his public image. And the agent coming out and saying that and kind of throwing the Broncos under the bus, there's no relationship going forward with that, Chad. There's a reason why, and I've mentioned this in a, in a recent article, there's a reason why Elway annually is ranked among the worst GMs or front office people to negotiate with by agents. He he He's a very shrewd negotiator who, like Chad said, sets his price and doesn't deviate from it. So the agent already having a bad experience with Clay Matthews, there, unless Elway just writes a blank check, which he wouldn't do, there's no way now this signing is going to happen. And again, it's a blessing in disguise. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Chris, appreciate you joining us tonight. We look forward to talking with you guys as well as we we say all the time on this show. It's it's the highlight of our day, four days a week for Zach and I. And, of course, one of these days, you know, maybe it'll be more than four days a week that you'll hear from Zach and I. But we, we look forward to being able to talk with you guys. Uh, Mike Evans, bona fide superstar jumping in. Really Thank appreciate you, it, my friend. So consistent and, and rocking the – Huddle Up Podcast Football Priest t-shirt in his profile pic with the stadium. I still, that's one of my favorites. Um, he says, with the Vaughn injury, have you altered your win projection for the team? Appreciate y'all. Zach. Stay tuned. That, that, that's, <laughs> you know what? That's as good an opportunity as any. Let's just drop it. Let's just let's just tell our listeners what we predict. Now, well, hold on. Let me set the stage. Let me just back it up for a second. Our My way too early prediction after the draft was 11-5. and five. Zach's was 10 and six. Has that changed Zach? If so, inform our great community. Vaughn's injury is bad. And I said on yesterday's pod that he doesn't really account for, you know, a loss, just losing him alone. Doesn't not going to take away a loss or take away a win or add a loss. I think Chad, I'm still sticking with 10 and six. I got to be true to myself and it's what I feel and it's what I foresee. It's what's in my gut. And I, I like to follow my gut and my intuition with this. I think the Broncos will rally around the Vaughn injury and to an extent the Sutton injury and losing Todd Davis and all these, they're being counted out now in different ways again, which is good. We've always let him hate. Now, though, while they gained some hype this offseason, Chad, and the national media was kind of starting to turn the tide, 
these injuries now, everyone is counting the Broncos out. No Von Miller. Sutton's hurt now. You lost your leading tackler. You know, you have some personnel questions. I think this is going to be a, a motivational factor for Denver. I still think 10 and 6. I still think a wild card. It might be bumpy sometimes. It might be sloppy sometimes. But I think 10 wins is still in the Broncos' future for 2020. I'm docking mine from 11 and 5 to 10 and 6. I think losing Vaughn. It's going to cost you a win somewhere along the way. So I'm saying 10 and 6, but gang, 10 and 6 in the AFC, especially with an additional team now getting into the into the playoff gauntlet, that's a playoff season. You know, that's a wild card season. I mean, in a division that has Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that are going to win somewhere between 11 to 13 to 14 games, that's a wild card. You know, you're probably this year your best case scenario, depending on the Chiefs, but we haven't seen anything yet to tell us that the Chiefs are going to suddenly fall off a cliff, your best-case scenario is probably second place in the AFC West and a wild-card berth. And so I'm not changing that as the ultimate. It might take, especially in the first quarter of the season, it's going to take this team some ups and downs, some navigating of the trial and error you know, learning curve. There will be some pitfalls, but there's also going to be some highlights. There are going to be some big moments for this team, some, some triumphs and victories. I think they're going to win more than they lose as they're going through that. And by the time you get to the second and third quarter of this season, you're going to see a team that just figured out a new, they came up with a new identity. And this identity is going to be about Drew Luck. If this team is going to succeed this year, and I do think they will, you heard our predictions here tonight. It really boils down to Drew Luck. And I think he's going to take that step, Zach. I really do. And that's something that should be encouraging to fans. Yeah, so do I. And the Broncos, we we talked about this yesterday. Their their hopes for this season always pinned on Drew Locke, regardless of Von Miller's status. And if he can take two steps forward, if he can be like we've been talking about the year of Drew Locke, with or without Cortland Sutton or with or without Von Miller, they're going to be a very dangerous team this year, Chad. If if they if he just develops as the Broncos think he will, they're still going to be a ten win team. We got our friend Troy, as he is known. On YouTube and on Twitter, though, Eclipse Stormborn Thank jumping you, in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, as always, my friend. Really do appreciate your support. He says, happy Thursday, priests and Broncos fam. No question tonight. Just will tell everyone to hang tight. We're going to be okay. Peace and love. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag MHHUN. Thank you, Troy. And that's – that's. Oh, hold on one sec, Zach. Or, uh, John, hold on one second. Um, that is – the right mentality. Everything's going to be okay. Like right now fans are just, they're kind of feeling a little punch drunk. Like they just like, when's the next shot going to come? You know, I'm just, I'm Michael Spinks in the ring with Mike Tyson. I'm like, when's, when's the next blow going to come? (laughs) But honestly, I think, you know, this is the, this is the storm before the calm. Okay. Kind of reversing that they're going through some adversity and I think it's going to bring them closer together. I think it's going to galvanize them. And as Zach said, they are, already being counted out in a lot of different circles in the NFL, especially after Vaughn and now that with, with Sutton being banged up. So they're going to use that as fuel. And just real quick, I just wanted to shout out George, who said, at work on a 15-minute break, just dropping in to say hello to Chad and Zach, along with the best community out there, Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, George. I'm not going to insult anybody's intelligence or talk down to anyone or straight up lie and say Von Miller's injury chat is a good thing. It really is a sucky thing, and I feel so terrible for Von and the Broncos defense. But there's 53 players on a roster. There's 11 players on defense. It was never solely about one guy or the other, maybe with the exception of Drew Locke. 
but they can definitely survive without Von Miller. And you shouldn't be counted out right now. You shouldn't be that down on Denver where you're predicting another five, six win season. No, they're going to be better than that. Last year, they went seven and nine. They had half the talent they do now and half the coaching. Von Miller's injury sucks. His absence will be will be felt, but it's nothing they can't overcome. And if there's one team that can handle adversity, Chad, I think it's this Broncos outfit with Vic Fangio in year two. Well said. We've got Pobby in the house, and the streams are just a lot more alive, more they're just brighter when Pobby is with us. And of course, especially knowing what she went through week and a half, week so back, maybe two. It's been well, she's been on the men now for a good week or so, but she went through the Talk about the storm before the calm for Poppy. We're just so happy to have you back in the saddle with us in the community and supporting uh, what we do here. We just love you and appreciate you, Poppy. And John, I wasn't able to read her comment there. I don't know if you can throw it back up real quick. She says, football is back. Go Broncos. That's right. As we are talking now, football is happening. And uh, just thank your lucky stars. Thank those figurative football gods because football there was a time long time during this we made up op- an optimistic posture zach but there was a stretch here in the spring and early summer where we just we didn't know if we were going to get football right. so thank your lucky stars yeah definitely agree and uh Bobby, i hope you're feeling better and you're on the mend and uh you're over that i'm sure it was terrible but speaking of football let us know in the con- i'm curious myself did the Chiefs score was that touchdown overturned i have uh tyree kill and uh, Miko hardman so let us know in the comments what's going on with the game i'm just curious all right we've got uh holden adams here with the question real quick here on youtube he says do we leave chubb in his normal spot or do we move him to vaughn's spot to have him attack from the blind side well, Vaughn traditionally rushes off the defensive left or the offensive right. And, of course, 99% of quarterbacks in, in the NFL are righties. So he actually – Chubb is the, has been the blindside rusher for the most part. They, they do switch sometimes. just depends. But traditionally, Vaughn's been on basically lining up over the right tackle as opposed to the left tackle. So to answer your question, Holden, I would expect Chubb to – mostly stay where he's at. Although, you know, I think you'll, you'll see Fangio continue to kind of move guys around, but I wouldn't expect him to move off of his spot. And we know that Fangio isn't a huge believer in blitzing Chad, but I think this year, I think they're going to send pressure to the side that doesn't have Bradley Chubb on it just to make up for losing Vaughn on that side. So if it's Malik Reed, they'll send maybe Simmons or Callahan on that side on a blitz and leave Bradley Chubb one-on-one. So yeah, they're not going to move him around. I wouldn't fix what isn't broken. He likes to rush from one side. And I think predominantly you'll see him there and Chad seven, nothing Texans. So that's a surprise. That's positive. Another silver lining development. <clears throat> All right. Take what you can get right now. We got George on, on uh, Facebook with a question. He says, do you think we try and renegotiate Vaughn's contract for next year? So for those of you who missed it, Vaughn's under contract next year, but it's a team option. And if the Broncos, so in other words, that means the Broncos have the prerogative on whether or not to exercise the option and pick it up. My opinion on this, and we talked about it yesterday, and we don't want people getting worried or worked up over it, but my prediction is if you see Von Miller in the NFL season of 2020, there's probably a good chance that they just pick up his option and he plays out his final year. And the same year, is it's also a contract, 2021, a contract year for John Elway. And they, one way or another, kind of go out together. I'm not necessarily even predicting Elway is going to be gone after 2021. I'm just saying – you know, maybe they just don't upset the apple cart. But if he ends up missing this entire year, Zach, and the Broncos thrive without him, 
I could definitely see the the Broncos coming to him and saying, "Look, we want you back. Of course, you're Von Miller. You're you're a Bronco for life. We love you. We have so much of our success uh, to to attribute to you. We want you back, but not at eighteen and a half million. Are you willing to you know play ball with us? That's kind of how I could see it shaking out. And keep in mind, if the Broncos do decline his option for for next season, they would say they would pocket eighteen million dollars, and I think only four million or so in dead cap. So that's that's a lot of money they can save. But gun to my head right now, considering how much he's meant to the organization and how primed Vic Fangio and the coaches were for him to play this year, I think he would give back a little money, or renegotiate, take a pay cut just to stay around for one more season, a couple more seasons in Denver. Once he proves his worth or his health, I should say, next year fully healthy, then they can work on maybe a new long-term contract. It's not going to be five or six years to be at his age, two or three years, but there's, I think, still a really good chance he stays in Denver for much longer than just the next season or so. It may be something like converting his uh, base salary to a signing bonus. They can do a lot of different things, Rich Rotato and company. I do think when it's all said and done, uh, they will they will come to an agreement. All right, we got Chris. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Hernandez jumping in, bonafide superstar. Everybody knows Chris was on the show a few weeks back. 24-year veteran of the Air Force. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Chris. He says, exercise those demons. We got to do that. I mean, the Chiefs are on national televised game right now. You got to exercise those demons. And hashtag click those little thumbs up. Good reminder, gang. Make sure before – just do it now, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, like the video. Why is that so important for those of you who miss the explanations of this we give from time to time? It's all about the algorithm and the way that the YouTubes and the Facebooks of the world, whether the, the one of the ways they determine if it's worth showing to other people out there is how many likes a video gets. So like this video and what that's going to tell social media sites out there is that, oh, this is good content. We're going to put this out in front of similar people who might be interested. So please give it a give it a like and it helps us out quite a bit here. All right. Let me. uh let me see what else we got. Again, guys, if it seems a little janky tonight, bear with us. The stream is kind of being delayed on the YouTube side. But not for Dennis. Dennis is rocking the MHH dad hat like a boss, consistent every single night. He is jumping in on Super Chat, supporting you, the cause, and, and sharing his thoughts and engaging with us, helping to create the conversation here on these live streams. He says, coming in late, watching the – President, I guess in Michigan, hadn't heard about Sutton. I agree with Eclipse. We're still going to be okay. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. And in case you guys jumped in after the intro or somewhere halfway through this this uh, stream, 
He is going to be okay, is Cortland Sutton. He does have an AC joint sprain, that joint in your shoulder, the AC joint. It is sprained, and he's day-to-day. So what that means is, and, you know, if it was a severe strain in terms of the – or sprain in, in terms of the grade of that sprain, you know, they would probably already just say doubtful or out for week one, but they didn't. They listed him as day-to-day. And, Zach, I take that to mean that there's still a good chance that he's going to play on Monday night, but these next three days and some change – you know, he's just going to need to rest that shoulder and, you know, do whatever the whatever protocols the Broncos have in place to promote healing for that type of an injury. Do that, and there's a chance you might see him still suiting up Monday night. In fact, if I had to bet on it today, I would wager that he's going he's gonna to play Monday night. And it might be, as you said, Zach, more of a decoy, and you see guys like Jerry Judy and, and Noah Fant lighten it up in the passing game, but uh, we'll see. But in a worst-case scenario, let's say, he would be back in week two. And I would take that right now considering the severity of what the injury appeared to be when he first went down. I was so scared that he broke his collarbone or uh, ruptured his clavicle. That didn't happen. It's a a manageable injury. It's come down to pain tolerance, and Cortland Sutton is is a very – tough football player i i if he doesn't play monday he'll be back for week two thankfully the the positive side to this is it could have been a lot worse and it wasn't this is absolutely true uh flippant booch jumping in with a uh, topic here he says gordon and Lindsay running plus all our other weapons equal easy scoring against the chiefs broncos dub so he's looking ahead to the first chiefs matchup this week and yeah i mean that's one of the things that one of the reasons why Zach and I are as bullish as we are on Drew Locke this year is that this isn't even the 2019 Broncos who had some talent. You had a Cortland Sutton, you had Philip Lenz, you had a rookie Noah Fant. This is Drew Locke with significantly upgraded weapons. Sutton's coming back, Fant as well, Lindsey plus Melvin Gordon, Pro Bowler, plus Jerry Judy, first rounder, plus KJ Hamler, who runs like purported 42740. This is a playmaker. And as we talked about many months ago, Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, former NFL a perennial Pro Bowl wideout, he said, look, the Broncos are the first team I've ever seen in the NFL to have three bona fide number one caliber wideouts, Sutton, Judy, and Hamler. So what that translation is there, Drew Locke doesn't have to do it himself. He doesn't have to carry the team in the way that, for example, even Peyton Manning, when Peyton Manning came here in 2012, Yes, there was some young talent just waiting to kind of be, you know, waiting to be um, shaped, you know, and encouraged and kind of sussed out by Peyton Manning. But do you think Demarius Thomas goes on to have the career as a Bronco he did, or even Eric Decker those next two years, if it's Tim Tebow or Kyle Orton still on the center those, those next few years? No, Peyton Manning was the difference that elevated those guys. That's not quite this situation. Although I'm not saying I don't think Drew's going to, not elevate guys, he will, but these guys are already on a very high level in terms of talent they're bringing to the table, and that's only going to help him hit the ground running. Yeah, very well said. And you you hit on everything else. I want to just throw in an improved offensive line and improved coaching. So literally in all facets of Drew Locke's game around him and 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 what he's responsible for, it's been improved from last season. They don't. He doesn't have to be Peyton Manning. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. Just be consistent, be capable, and and don't turn the football over and let the running game and the defense kind of take it from there. You talk about the Chiefs. This is also why I say if you want to sit Sutton in week one, you can win by grounding and pounding against the Titans. You can wear them down with Lindsey. This is why you signed Melvin Gordon. You still have other weapons on offense. You still have a good defense. You're playing at home. It's the first game of the year. So, yeah, they're going to lean on the run a lot more than I think I thought going into this season. 
but this is why you have the running game. This is why you have the receivers. And when you look at the big picture, this is why the Broncos are such a well-balanced offense. They have the running game. They have the passing attack. They have the coaching. It's time to just put it all together now on the gridiron. Mile High Beauty says the Chiefs D looks horrible. What That's else is no there? surprise. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I think defenses across the league are going to look pretty bad the first couple of weeks. I mean, Fangio, for example, he chose not to tackle at any point in training camp. There were still hits. There was still contact. There was still that pop, but no one was getting tackled to the ground outside of a few you know, unique situations. So I think you're going to see defenses come out and be quite sloppy to open up this season. And it's no surprise that the Chiefs are one of them. Zach, I wanted to get your take on this. I'm I, kicking myself. I can't believe I forgot to bring this up yesterday because Drew Locke, of course, addressed the media as the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. He was made available for his weekly presser, and that for, you know, during week one. So it's a game week. The quarterback will be made, uh, be made available at least once during a game week. And he was asked by Woody Page – if he saw the fact that Pro Football Focus ranked him as the league's worst quarterback and all that stuff, and then also his response to Deshaun Watson signing a contract extension. Now, Zach and I panned Pro Football Focus once again just a couple of nights ago, and this came out. I think it was Sam Monson that did the rankings. I want to read to you Drew Locke's reply to Woody Page. Quote, well, the first one, I wouldn't have known about Pro Football Focus ranking me number 32. Unless you brought it up. And then he kind of laughed, chuckled. I try to stay out of the situations that don't involve anything that's in this locker room, coaches, and with this team. I'm not sure who wrote it, but their opinion is their opinion. And quite honestly, it's not going to affect me going out to practice and playing this weekend. I'm going to leave it at that. Second off, quarterback money keeps going up. But thinking about money down the road isn't going to help me on Monday win this game and better yet, this season. I have to earn that type of money first, and just winning four of my five games in my rookie season won't do that. I have to go out there and keep playing and be great for this team. Closed quote. So he took the he took the high road, right? He didn't he didn't punch down to PFF, which is good to see. It shows that this kid, you know, he's uh, he knows which way the wind blows. He it would look poorly for him to all of a sudden go after PFF. The translation there in a kind of a PG-13 way is I don't give an F what PFF says or does. It doesn't impact my play or my thinking or my confidence. And I love that answer so much. And also the answer on the on Deshaun Watson's contract. Right now it has no bearing on Drew Locke. He's not even one full season under his belt as a starter. He knows he has a long way to go. And he knows in the back of his mind, maybe he won't say it, if he plays just market-level quarterbacking football in the NFL, he will get millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, but he has enough awareness and, and uh, social awareness to say that he's not anywhere near Deshaun Watson's level yet. He still has a lot to prove, but he also doesn't care, Chad, about what anyone's saying right now. And in other words, he's saying, let them hate. All right, we got a question here from Robert Kitchens on YouTube. He says, do you guys think we have a top five coaching staff? Hmm. A top five coaching staff is remains to be seen. No way to know yet. Yeah. I can't say that yet. I mean, as, as encouraged as I was by Fangio at different points last season, especially the way he kind of turned the ship around when Locke got inserted and, you know, the defense started looking good from week five on with a couple of personnel tweaks. I haven't seen enough to put him in the top five. So he, he's still very much, you know, it's a work in progress. Now, bringing in Pat Shermer, bringing in Mike Shula, 
that's definitely an upgrade over what the Broncos had last year in Rich Scangarello and T.C. McCartney. But there's just not enough sample size yet to say, oh, yeah, this is a top five coaching staff. But what I will say, Zach, you got one head coach named you know, Vic Fangio, but two other assistants who have been NFL head coaches in Shermer and, and O-line coach Mike Munchak, plus Shula was the former head coach that preceded Nick Saban of the yes. Alabama Crimson Tide. So there are some serious coaching acumen, some serious bona fides on the coaching side, which is why it's hard to see that not come out in the wash on some level in 2020 for this team. Yeah, Chad, that you, you made the point I was going to make. I, I think on paper, the Broncos would have maybe a top coaching staff or one of the top coaching staffs, maybe top 10, but there's no way to know without games being played, especially with no preseason or you know offseason practices, what the Shermer-Shula dynamic with Locke is going to look like just yet. Again, on paper, it seems great. And having Mike Munchak, who you were going to hire as your head coach, as your O-line coach, was a great get. Having Fangio as your head coach and also running the defense is a good setup for Denver. On paper, they are among already, I think, the top half of the NFL. But top five, without even a game being played yet, even for the most optimistic Broncos fan, is a little too much. Just yet. We're continuing to get some complaints that the YouTube stream is being disrupted. So if you see me looking down right now, I just thought I'd take a peek real quick on my phone and see what it looks like. But yeah, guys, if that's the case, you know, we really apologize. It's nothing that we can control. It must be some kind of a glitch on YouTube size uh, because we're not seeing anything from Facebook or Twitter or Twitch. Uh, Flippin' Booch jumping in. Drew said he felt confident today. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's confident cat. Zach, that's one of the appealing aspects to him is why he's magnetic. That was something that Pat Shermer talked about, I want to say, the second time we heard from Pat Shermer as a Bronco. He talked about the fact that he – you know, this was before he got to get, he was able to actually get hands on Drew Locke. So this was still during the shutdown and social distancing and the whole nine yards. Um, he hadn't all his, his only experience with Drew up to that point had been phone calls, texts, emails, and the Zoom meetings. And even then, he could see, Zach, that Drew, he could understand and see why players were drawn to Drew Locke because, you know, confidence, it's you hear those old adages, you know, fake it till you make it. And, Drew Locke, he's not really a guy that has to fake it. That's just the way he is. Like, he's just a very confident uh, individual. Yeah, his confidence is authentic. It's not manufactured. It's not disingenuous. It's not like Brock Osweiler boasting or Case Keenum boasting. Drew Locke just has that natural magnetism to his personality, and he draws people around him. There's a reason why, as soon as he hit the field last year as a rookie, the entire energy and complexion of the team just changed on a dime. That's what he brings to the table. It's an intangible quality that true franchise quarterbacks have. I'm not saying he is one yet, but he has a quality that most others do. So it's definitely encouraging going forward, Chad. All right. George wants to know who we have winning tonight. We're getting close to the hour, so we'll start uh, winding it down a little bit. Get any questions in now. Um, Dennis says, by the way, closed it out on YouTube and signed back in. All is back. Good. Good to hear. Uh, George says, uh, who do you guys have winning tonight, Zach? Who who did you pick tonight? Apparently, the Chiefs just tied the game up. And, you know, I think the Texans will be better than most people believe they will be. I do have Kansas City pulling out a victory in this game. Just, you know, Mahomes and being at home, coming off a title and being the, you know, the reigning champs. I just think they're going to overpower Houston later in the game. My heart says the Texans. My head says the Chiefs. Yeah. <sighs> 
you know what? I'm going to pick the Texans. I'm going to take a risk. I'm just going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to hope my heart is more uh, in tune with reality here tonight. And I could be wrong, but again, Texans won last year in Arrowhead. So it's not like we're talking about an insurmountable obstacle here, Zach. I think it can be done, but yeah, it's, it's, probably going to be a shootout by the time it's all said and done, especially if the Chiefs offense is already looking that bad. You know, they should – the Texans got to jump on that. But you know what, though, Chad? Win or lose, no matter what, it's football. Football is back. Week one has started already. That's what I'm happy about. So even if the Chiefs win, it's not going to damper my excitement for the NFL being back right now. Amen. And, guys, that's pretty much going to do it. The The stream is being really weird, and if we're not able to get to your questions and – if we missed any of your super chats tonight, trust that we will make it up to you on Sunday. Promise you that. And by the way, a reminder, Sunday night, we're going to have on Mr. Andrew Young, the mad fanatic. He's going to come join us for a segment on a Sunday night to talk about his new album. I think he, uh, Mad King, almost forgot what it was called. We're help, We're, we're going to help him promote that sucker because, hey, he adds something really unique. And I think passion you know the passion he has for the broncos and the music he creates centered around the broncos and as someone that comes from a musical background i can really respect what he does and the time he puts in to release a record or an album that has individual songs that are all about the broncos and trying to find things to rap about and the whole nine yards he's a very talented cat we're looking forward to having him on and i'm sure most of you know exactly we're talking about but if there are those of you right now going maybe the older generation going mad fanatic just if while you're on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter, but especially on YouTube, just search Mad Fanatic and Broncos. You'll find his his music. And even if rap's not your thing, hip hop's not your thing, you'll see that uh, as a Broncos fan, you can get behind the music he's making really quick. So, Zach, we look forward to having him on the show. Of course. And, you know, that show is the last pod we'll have before the Broncos game Monday night or, you know, the last full time pod, the last one more sleep until the game that Sunday night. So I'm excited, Chad, as we get closer every single day, Broncos football, even with the slight, you know, pessimism right now circulating around Twitter, I'm still very much excited for the Broncos season. So thanks to each and every one of you for joining with us uh, tonight and with YouTube. Thanks for rolling with the punches. Uh, if you're one of our, our YouTube members and, and uh, Super Chat Superstars, thanks for just bearing with us on that side. Again, technology sometimes, you know, most of the time uh, it goes just fine and smooth with YouTube. But every once in a while, who knows what the what the problem is. But next time I'm sure it'll be smooth when we see you again on Sunday night. In the meantime, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, make sure you're also following the main account at Mile High Huddle. And whatever you do, make sure you're following my partner, Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. You can find me at Chad and Jensen and also our producer. In fact, let's bring him on. There he there is. He Everyone is. Knows John, John, hey, K. John, John Cronenberg, <laughs> AKA Buona Beast on YouTube. We surprised him real quick and threw him on the screen. John, who you got tonight, bro? Who, who are you picking in this game? You know, I, I felt similar. My heart says, uh, you know, Houston, my head says the chiefs, I have to go with my head. The Chiefs are going to win. There it is. All right. But we're looking forward to uh, to Sunday night when we get to talk to you again. But don't forget, tomorrow night, Friday, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, you got Dove Valley Deep Divers followed by Mile High Insiders. you got seven podcasts, one for each night of the week here at Mile High Huddle. So make sure you check in with those guys as well. See what they have cooking up for you. I'm sure looking ahead to the Broncos-Titans game, you're not going to want to miss that. 
But in the meantime, gang, we got to get out of here. Mile high salute to our super chat superstars. We love you and uh, our Facebook supporters out there. But we got a dip for now. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll just say this. Go Texans. We'll see you Sunday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. For Zach, for John, I'm Chad. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Did you know that Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance can help to cover your final expenses, such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts? It's true. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed regardless of your health history, and there are no medical exams required. Simply text INSURE to 30555. Just answer four easy questions to get your free, personalized quote instantly by texting INSURE to 30555. See website for terms and restrictions. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.